everyone and welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly, the day after the Coolmore Classic. Live from Coonamble this morning, I got as far as uh, Gilgandra last night and uh, drove through uh, not rain but wet roads and they've had a little bit of rain here at Coonamble today for the final qualifier of the New Haven Park Country Championships. Clint London saddles up nine runners out of the 14 today. More on Canamble later in the show. With me at Rose Hill yesterday for a fantastic meeting. So much action there. Ron Doversy and Corey Brown. Yeah, what a meeting. We're going to be debating these two-year-olds right through to jump time <laughs> next week and arguing and carrying on because there's so many chances. There's ifs and buts about... Uh, who was the better performances leading into this um, very open golden slipper, I must say. So, looking forward to that. And what about this young Michael D? Oh, that's his 10th group one winner yesterday. He's had three in two weeks. Uh, I think the Guineas, uh, what else was it? The Blue Diamond and the Coolmore. He's he won the Caulfield Cup. He's won um, the Derby. <laughs> yeah. He's had an amazing time. He is, and he's, he's a natural lightweight too, so he's, he's going to get a lot more opportunities in those big races. And it was another group one for him, for uh, Chris Waller. Uh, Chris Waller, he's racked up a lot of group ones, uh, 143 now, but this was his first Coolmore. And uh, who saw this one coming? Because she's been a little bit maligned, Espiona, but it, it's a, you'd have to give it to him. He had other options in Melbourne. He took it to Melbourne. Everyone yeah. was thinking she's a Melbourne mayor, and, and she uh, got a confidence there. And to come back here... And I just uh, look, he, he just read the play. She was thrown in at the weights at 51 kilos. She uh, was, yeah, she was just brilliant. And full marks to Chris because everyone was thinking she may stay in Melbourne. I think it was a confidence builder going to Melbourne, Ronnie. Like, well, you know yourself, like horses going down there. She ran good sectional times down in Melbourne, but she, I think it was just the confidence builder. Um, I. <laughs> I put my neck on the line because she's got me a few times, but um, oh, I thought it was a terrific ride, uh, really well placed, great training performance by Chris Waller. It's a few nice runs in the race. Pride of Jenny, oof, I thought it was big, really big. Probably went a little bit quick. Um, Robbie Dolan, um, she's a belter, got home from sort of midfield. Some really, really nice runs in that. Yeah, I'm still getting over 
how well proud of Jenny went, considering how hard she went out of front. They've run very fast time here. And she's a belter. I thought she was a certainty on straightening here when she still looked like she had a little bit to offer after doing no work. So by, by race eight here, I think maybe the track had swung a little bit and obviously it dried out with a hot day. And yep. maybe that's how to level up and put merit in the performances out wide and have we promoting these horses too much on the inside. inside. Yeah, for Just sure. Just prior to Jenny went out at warp speed there, was entitled to drop off. In saying that, uh, she did come out of that same race as Espiona last time. Maybe we underplayed that for Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, mate, it was. She was doing like 1,000 metre speed up front um, over the 1,500. It done a massive job to actually hold on and and finish second. Yep, look, they went that fast. The horses out the back had no hope. You know, mm. hoping your heart was brave to get into yep. fourth and hinged was just run off her legs early, which is surprising, and had too much to do with the big weight. But the margin between the first three and the rest, it's yep. hard to make too many excuses other than the winner was beautifully placed and she goes in the Doncaster now and she's yep. got no weight on her back. Let's go to the uh, post-race interviews. Denise Martin tapped, the, tapped me on the shoulder. It was a close finish. She had no idea. She said, is it a yes? I said, it's a yes from me. She's been a little bit out of sorts with some of the punters, but I hope they all love her today. We do. Well, from the beginning of the career, she showed so much promise, and I think we were expecting more from her, maybe a group one before today. She had so much hype, didn't she? She did, and I understand that the win at Flemington was quite special, yes. but today it seems like five minutes ago. What, what about taking it to Melbourne, giving her that confidence and, and bringing her back for today? I think that was a huge part of it, and when Chris said she can run in a group three all her life, but at 51 with a group one, we've got to take the chance. And I said to Michael D, really happy to see you and thank you for riding her at that weight. So it's very special. Do you know off the top of your head how many group ones have worn those colours? A lot. <laughs> well, quite a few anyway. Yeah. But, but today, this is the one we, we really feel special about. Yeah, so and you've given Chris Waller his first, Coolmore. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it's a special win uh, for Denise Martin, who's a huge supporter of our stable. And she's just a pleasure, and her owners, to train for. And um, it was good to see her get back into winning form last start. Obviously, she could be a bit better in Melbourne. But we had to have an opportunity on her home track, throwing at the weights, and um, a lovely draw and a lovely ride from Michael D. I knew I was coming up here to ride uh, three weeks or so ago, and uh, it was a matter of uh, chasing the right, right ride. And uh, when she won so well in Melbourne, Certainly very happy to be on her today, especially at this light weight. So uh, credit to Chris Waller and his team and, and her to herself. It ended up setting up really well in the run? It did. Um, I did have instructions to uh, try and stay off and come down the outside. And uh, as soon as the gates opened, uh, I did go to the fence. And the tempo was on and uh, she seemed happy and relaxed in the run. And we had a lot of room there um, in front of horses. So. Um, and then coming into the straight, she absolutely grabbed the bridle and was very strong up up the behind of them. And uh, it was just a matter of sort of switching to the inside, and she exploded. Robbie Dole and uh, Prada Jenny. Brave in defeat. Um, had to do the donkey work in front, and so I felt like she was getting tired of the straight. But then once they come to her, she really stuck her head down and fought right to the line again. So it was really good run. Willie Pike, she's a belter. Uh, she went fantastic. Unfortunately, uh, we weren't beaten very far, but um, still, she went great. Tim Clark, hope in your heart. Yeah, pretty gallant run. She's never travelled and um, still finished the race off, but 
ideally she'd love a bit of cut in the track. Tom Sherry, Merovision? Yeah, good run. Uh, just got a little bit crowded at the top of the straight. But she picked herself up well, she'll be picking toward up. Zach Lloyd, yearning? Yeah, very nice. Um, hopefully I can stick with her because I think she's going well. Brock Ryan, more profits? Yeah, she's flying. She was a long way off and then she would have rattled good sectionals late, so I wanted to follow. James McDonald hinged. Just no hope from back in the race. Just couldn't make it up the ground. Chad Schofield, Mustang Valley. I thought she got to the line nicely. Um, she'll definitely improve when the tracks get a bit softer. Dylan Gibbons, Ruthless Dame. Yeah, probably just went a bit too quick for her. She never was really comfortable and never got to travel. Dean Yandel, Tori Jean. Uh, look, there's merit there, but she just needed a bit of sting out of the track, I reckon. Probably took a style there. Uh, she travelled good throughout. Regan Bayless, Perplay. Yeah, she's, she's wanting um, soft ground, so she should be able to get that in the Queen of Turf. Tyler Schiller, Etzpat. Yeah, on the start. Um, she did a very good job to pick up and get in a spot. She still wasn't very comfortable. I thought she did a top job to run on at the top of the straight. Found a bit late. Nasharilla and Avisto. Yeah, she sort of showed every sign that there was something um, really worrying her. So I've obviously uh, pulled her out of the race and looked after her. She's, she'll go home all right. <laughs> well, there's your Queen of the Turf uh, market in April 8. Uh, Zoo Gotcha. We'll talk about her in a moment. The $10 million mare, alcohol free. Just. Uh, Ready to come out of quarantine, Espiona, fangirl, runs next week and you could go down the page there, but whatever happens, it's going to be a great race. Here's Kira Maher on Pride of Jenny. Wow, she was huge. You know, the sectionals, she nearly blew the clock up, I think, to the first three furlongs to lead. We wanted to do that, especially with the weight. Uh, she's a tough mare. I was... Yeah, I thought she was ready to run a big race last start. One crossed her, she wasn't able to dictate, and um, yeah, I thought she was a good thing beat, and that sort of gave us the confidence to come up here and roll the dice at 51, and she was huge today. Um, see where she sits in the handicap, maybe maybe a Doncaster might be an option for her. Ruthless Dame got back uh, to try to get closer to the fence, I guess. Hard to come home from where it was in a race like that. Well, they just never come back. Um, she's a three-year-old. She's done a super job the last two, uh, and uh, yeah, like I, I think you know, it's always a it's a bit of a risk when you're stepping up and racing the older mares um, to see where you fit in. After having you know, last start was you know would have took a little bit out of her, but um, I'll, I'll have to analyse the race really. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where she fits in and, and work out a plan from from there. Well, Chris Waller has targeted this Farlap Stakes and he's done it perfectly. He not only targets the race, he targets the race with his very best three-year-old fillies, headlined by Winks and Very Elegant. This is the seventh time a Waller filly out of nine years he's won the Farlap. And she was far too classy. She was always in control in this race. And there was criticism around town that Chris didn't uh, run her in the, in the Coolmore, and I can see why. He, he, he can just, you know, he, he missed the run with the first up. Yep. He goes to what some may say is a softer option here, which I'm not so sure. Uh, she had a better day out because they run slower time, much slower time than the, the Coolmore. So that leaves her with something in the tank for another major. Yeah, for sure. And that's the Doncaster. And because she went f first up over the 1400 too, I think, got Chris probably trying to just protect her that little bit. But it was an easy watch. Um, the horse that I want to follow out of the race is Brosnan. He's, he loses the bridle. He doesn't really sort of travel into it, but he just keeps coming. Oh, I'd love to see this horse up over a, a bit of a journey. 
He was unbelievable because he was the first off, who was off the bit yep. and he was wide, no cover. Yep. So it's pretty hard to do when they're, you know, they're slipping home uh, pretty quickly here in 34. Um, Glint of Silver is obviously uh, a, a much improved horse. He was very tough there uh, from the front. And the horse I want to keep an eye out for, I, there was a little whisper that this horse is nominated for the West Australian Derby, Awesome John. Yes. That was a great staying run. He, he was just poking, 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 gets a little slap up there, and he just wants to warm up through the line. So I'm very interested in him. If they if they take him to Perth and we can get any sort of odds at all, he'll be uh, very hard to beat. Uh, um, Fireburn was ridden differently, and I thought she stuck on okay. She's just looking for rain at this level. And she really got worked up yesterday. Like she, she's a sort of a fidgety sort of filly walking around the enclosure, but yesterday she really melted. I know it was fairly warm, but she did, as noticeably, she melted. Hmm. Be interesting if Chris takes both those fillies, obviously Espiona, I think he will, and and um, obviously Zoo Gotcha too, because yep. those three-year-old fillies can get in with nice weights. No weight. Hmm. Uh, let's go and hear from Chris Waller and James McDonald. Disappointing to scratch her from the, the Cornwall, but through that uh, experience of having confidence building races with the horses like Winks, um, yeah, it's, it's an important stepping stone. Three-year-old fillies, they're fragile. And they're not just a horse you can just send to the races and expect to perform at the elite level. So they like a bit of a cuddle and a bit of a pat on the back, and she got that today. Next step is something bigger, which will probably be the Doncaster. Um, that'll be another, another, another mountain to climb. She had an awkward draw to overcome first up and had to do a bit of work early, got a bit keen, just little things wrong, but only beaten a narrow margin. So um, today we'll get her back on track. Even today you can see she sweated up a little bit at the start, um, a little bit keen, but that'll take it out of her and she'll be ready to go in three weeks. It's very good, but obviously it's, um, it's, you just got to keep your wits about you, I suppose, on these horses that are expected to win and sometimes they're harder to ride than ones without a pressure but um, it's always good when you get a, a good horse into a good spot and from the 600 it's pretty smooth sailing. Did she get a little bit keen after um, Fireburn revved up and went past you? Yeah it was a bit of a worrying moment I just was left exposed and she's such a competitive filly um, once she got eyeballed she wanted to go with her and probably she's a bit enthusiastic at times but if she relaxed a little, like today, she did last night, she would have uh, probably won that group one, but it um, wasn't meant to be. Michael D. Brosnan. Yeah, had no luck there, three wide, no cover, but uh, tried very hard and has done his best work last fella. Tyler Schiller Fabian. I thought she was very brave. She jumped a little bit steady, not as good as I would have hoped, and got a little bit further back and then had to push forward, work a little bit, but I thought she was brave late. She'll be good up to that 2,000 mark. Brett Preville, Daytona. Yeah, very honest. Probably a little bit uh, tougher field for him, but he ran his usual honest race. Karen McAvoy, awesome John. Nice run from him. He um, was finishing off well. Last feeling was his best, so a little bit further next time we'll see him run well. Willie Pike, Madame Pomery. Yeah, I thought I was looming to run in the places, but um, just didn't quite find the line that last bit. Nashra Willer, cut on a dime. Yeah, he's still just probably a prep away. Tim Clark, a lot more love. Yeah, she um, racing below best, may not have come up this time. Is it on Custom Mile Market? Great race. Uh, alligator Blood, you'll see him next Saturday. Fangirl, we'll see her next Saturday. Zugotcha's already there. Mr. Brightside, previous winner. Ozapenko, 
similar to Zugotchi. Just had that little setback missing that last run. He'll probably run Saturday. So all these horses have got to have another run, um, obviously going into the Doncaster, and uh, that'll shape things up a little better. But uh, there's horses you could go down three pages of that market, mm. and you're still finding good chances. David Pfeiffer talking about Glint of Silver. David Pfeiffer, another tremendous run by Glint of Silver. It's come out of Class 1s and benchmarks. Now it's winning and being placed in group races. Yeah, it just shows the maturity is really kicking in. Um, his last couple of runs have been outstanding and uh, he's backed up that good Group 2 win last start in Melbourne to uh, you know, take on a, a super filly in, in Zugotcha and then he's run a very, very brave race. When you have a horse like that that suddenly rises, the trick is to find the right races. You had a long chat to Jay Ford about a Randwick Mile race coming up. Yeah, so we'll possibly look at the uh, the Carbon Club for him. Um, I suppose it's a tough time at this time of year. There's always plenty of good horses around, and you know, like you said, trying to find the right races is not always easy. There's plenty of races around, but you just find the right one. But uh, look, the horse is in great order. He went good today, and, uh, and you know, I think he's exceeded expectations, his preparation, but he's, he's still improving and, and racing well. Okay, let's go to Kembla and have a look at the uh, Kembla Grange Classic from Friday. Yeah, well, this is a, this looks a serious filly. Um, Pavitra, she's had lovely improvement from one run to the next, stepping up in distance. The marketplace there's said that she'd uh, improved because she ran pretty short in a, a competitive race here, and I got you just got to love what she did there. And like she she went in the uh, v uh, VRC Oaks last preparation and all in one prep and. This is so dominant. Mm -hmm. So she is a real player coming these staying at these two thousand metre plus races coming into this uh, championships. Uh, let's go to New Zealand now. Uh, Prowess took a Group One there yesterday for Roger James, and she's another one. She can stay, and she took on the, the older horses at Wait for Age. She did a lot wrong. She wanted yes. to wander, wander, wander. Yeah, thought the same thing. You got to like when the other horse come together. You watch her. She she's got a bit of grit and determination she about her. She's back and went again. She'd probably probably be better with a bit of a bunny up in front to give her yeah, something to chase for a while. So. Uh, she's getting into the wait for age pattern. Probably she'd been in those faster races and uh, just sort of lost the plot a bit. But she's interesting. She's interesting, and the market thinks she is as well because uh, she's favourite without Zugotcha there. Pavica right there. Polygon was um, yeah and yeah a little bit more happening there. But uh, look. I think that market looks right amongst that lot anyway. But this, you get these three-year-olds that start to step up in distance now, you can get one that'll jump out of the ground. Without a doubt. Had a bad fall at uh, Flemington yesterday and it was out of shot. Uh, you couldn't see what happened when you were watching it uh, live the first time. Jamie Carr and Craig Williams uh, both came down. Uh, fears for Jamie Carr immediately. She was coming in and out of consciousness. She's uh, recovering well. Craig Williams, he's okay except for a break in the collarbone and, uh, and other injuries. And uh, we'll have more on both Jamie and, and Craig obviously coming through today. So Jamie was there to ride in secret at a low weight in the new market and the talk was, well, who's going to ride? Who, who's left in the room? Who can ride at that weight? Well, up steps Dean Holland. Well, <laughs> and what a moment for him. And he, and he rode her so well. She did her little thing of the little slow start there. and It's always scary with her, but... Oh, it would have been a good feeling for him from here on in. Gee, she's a good filly, isn't oh, she? Um, Explosive. It's what a what a race this TJ Smith's going to be coming up uh, with her. And well, I suppose Craig can't ride Giga Kick now. There's the next question. Lofty Strike is a very underrated three-year-old. 
He's run boldly there. Um, I wish I win. Was it, was it on the wrong side of the track? Well, that's something that you've got to work out for yourself. Yeah. Because I, I think he loses. He did himself no harm there as losing any admirers. Was he in the wrong part of the track? Does he want 1,400? Mm. What's Peter going to do with him next? Keep him at sprinting like he was hoping to? Yep. Or does he take Step on different options? Because there's so many options mm. for that horse. There's your t uh, Everest market there. Really, wouldn't you like to see uh, Godolphin say, Let's, we're going to set set her, set her, not afterthought, set her for the, yeah. in the Everest uh, if she comes through the TJ. And obviously you will see a, the, the, most of these in the TJ Smith coming up. So Mazu went good yesterday as well. So we're alive here and so did Buenos Notches. He went well in that race also. So um, this is different round a bend to a straight, but yeah. boy, oh boy. What a race. Okay, here's Chris Waller and what's happening with the champ Nature Strip. Nature Strip goes to a jump out on Tuesday. How tight or how loose will the reins be in it? Um, hopefully immediate. He needs a bit of a head out. He's done really well since his run in, first up run in Melbourne. Um, he's been bouncing out of his skin, so he needs a good head out. He's having a jump out because on Tuesdays here we have a jump outs on the course proper and it's a bigger track. The Rosefield trial track is just too tight for him. He just struggles to get around it. So, yeah, we'll get him, give him a good hit out and um, he'll be on track. Okay, so he's all systems go after that jump out for the TJ Smith. You saw that market. What a race it's going to be. The championship's only around the corner. But we've got the slipper to come, and that's in six days' time. Next Saturday at Rose Hill Gardens, five Group 1s on an action-packed program. We'll be back to look at the two-year-olds shortly here on Thoroughbred Weekly. We are live from beautiful Coonamble. Last chance for two-year-olds to get into the Golden Slipper. Uh, it really is a last-ditch chance for the Pago Pago and the Magic Knight. And this year might be a little bit different because the two winners were so impressive. They come right into the Golden Slipper calculations now, a week out. Uh, firstly, let's have a look at Shinzo, uh, the Coolmore Colt. Well, they've always held him in high regard and he just swoops on them here. He deserves his spot in the slipper. Uh, Mahaba had his chance, might be looking for further. Uh, bases loaded and introducing his uh, work, uh, work in progress. But you look at the times and you think, oh no, he's, it's, he, he doesn't shape up at all. But then you look at I the pattern know. of the day. Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you, you know, compensate for that. He's the only horse to come out wide and he's come from last. And Ronnie, if you have a look at about the seven or eight hundred, he had Ryan Maloney in front of him, James McDonald, and I don't know whether Ryan was playing games with him on the first start of Hawksies, but he was just sort of in his lap a bit and it, you watch J-Mac, J-Mac pushes the button probably a hundred metres, two hundred metres further uh, earlier than he wanted to to get up around Ryan Maloney in the pink cap and it was just me sitting here, I can see a little bit of jockeying going on, but you watch J-Mac when he goes around, he gives him the short back and sides and said, you're staying there now. But um, I really like this horse. I was wrapped when he drew the barrier that he did because he needed room. He didn't get the room last time out. He was cluttered up in behind them. When he did get room, he didn't really accelerate, but I just think he's a, he's a big horse, needs a bit of room, and I think, I think we've seen a really good up-and-coming two-year-old. I think so, maybe even a three-year-old, but uh, interesting. 
Um, like I said, he'll be maligned because of the st how fast Steel City went. But yeah. and I thought after this race, oh, aren't we working with a beautiful track here today? We've had so the, even. Yeah, the, the, the horses on the speed in the first, and this horse has come from last. But that was the end of that. Yep. That was the end of that. So. We've got to give him a double tick for that rather than running much slower time. There's one there uh, that you should follow, Godzilla, going into the future um, over more ground. I, I, nobody missed that performance. He's a lovely horse. Uh, here is Chris Waller, James McDonald, and also the jockeys behind. He got beat last start. He, James had him in a perfect position, but he just wasn't comfortable there. Uh, then we learnt later in the day that he needed to be out wider in the track. So... I was actually pleased to see a wide draw today. He drew the outside. He went back to last, did the first half of the race the right way, got into a beautiful rhythm and um, loomed up effortlessly, and it was good to see him fight the last 100. He's just, just the most chilled-out horse you could imagine. He's got the physique um, to deal with it because he's a, he's a nice, roomy colt. I haven't punished him to get here. He's done it all naturally, believe it or not. So um, they're the types of horses that are going to run in the race and most importantly come out of the race as well. He's a beautiful horse, there's no two questions about that, he um, oozes so much quality, he's just got three year old written all over him and look what we're doing, what's he doing now is just an absolute bonus so um, can't wait till he comes back as a three year old because uh, I think we'll see something uh, like a fair dink Do you reckon he would have showed gears the other day when he got clear running? Yeah but he's, he's just been a work in progress as well. Like, as, Chris's horses get deeper into prep, they get tendily get better and he's been a slow maturing sort of mentally and physically but he's, you only have to look at him and he feels just beautiful so he'll come to hand slowly, that's why three year old he's, it's all over him. Michael D. Mahaba? Uh, good tough effort, um, probably the heat took it out of him a little bit today, he just got quite hot and wound up before the start so that maybe just took a little bit out of him late so otherwise he's going good. Tim Clark, basis loaded. Yeah, it was a good performance. He sort of ran up to his form. He, you know, Shinzo beat him home the other day and beat him home again today. He might have been better. Yeah, he might have been looking for, for 1,400 today, but he ran well. Brett Preble introducing. Yeah, he jumped. Had a nice enough time in front, um, but very wayward up the straights again. You know, he's got a big engine, but we just like him to be focused. Karen McAvoy, Godzilla. Yeah, lovely run. He's going to improve with another furlong in a few weeks' time. Regan Bayless, Gostas Tissimo. Yeah, he's a nice horse. He's still very raw. Nasharilla Zilfika. Um, probably just had to burn the candle a bit. Both. Chad Schofield, Adhana. I think he's a really nice horse for, for later. Ryan Maloney, Limburg. Uh, just race for it quite very grandly. Reese Jones, bold and blazing. Yeah, nice little first start for him. Uh, jumped well, travelled beyond speed, but probably wants it a little bit weaker. But he didn't disgrace himself. OK, Mahaba not nominated for the slipper was always going to the size. Here's Graham Big. Graham Big, what did you make of the run of Mahaba for that second with the size in mind? No, very happy of his run. Um, obviously, three weeks between runs um, and he gets another three-week break. I'm sure he'd be better suited at Randwick. Uh, today was a bit of a slow affair in the first 600 metres of the race um, and he, I'm sure being on the outside of runners where he could build his momentum, uh, he would have been better placed. But when he drew barrier one, he had to be where he was. But uh, he said, all in all, he's run very well. And now Adrian Bott on bases loaded. Adrian Bott plans for bases loaded and introducing after their third and fourth today. Uh, yeah, look, no set plans. Um, you know, off the back of today, uh, we'll see how they come through. It introducing still, still a little bit raw. You know, it's a um, very talented horse. It's just all happening very, very quickly for him. So, um, you know, whether we can find a, a target to help sort of give him a bit of 
bit of confidence at this stage or uh, whether he just does need that time and see how he, see how he comes through it. Uh, similarly, bases load. He's had, a, he's had a bit of racing, this, this preparation. Um, you know, I do feel he's going to you know, potentially go a little bit further. We can sort of look at 1,400 metre options for him. Um, you know, whether that's his preparation or whether we're um, you know, in favour of giving him a break now and, and, and having you know, those three old races where he's going to be better suited. So it was the two powerhouses of Australian racing, the two big stables, Waller and then Mar and Eustace. They took out the fillies with Steel City, who just kept running. She certainly did, and um, you had to be impressed. Um, she's another one that's going to add a lot of interest into this uh, slipper next week because uh, she ran very fa fast enough time, a lot uh, better than the cold anyway. OK, what would happen if she had luck in the Blue Diamond? Well, would she be favourite? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she would. Um, she's got to back it up in a week, and you know, I suppose a, a few fillies have done it out of this race into the slipper. Obviously, more recently, Kiyomichi, but prior to that, it took a good one to do it. You know, you know I think Bit Masque and Bounding Away did it coming out of this race, and maybe Dark Eclipse and Century Miss, and but you got to have a real. But she might be top class. Yeah. And one thing I'll say um, about her, she is the first two-year-old to win by a margin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a length. And, and she run time. Yeah. She puts a gap in them from the front, runs time. She'll be very popular if she can cope with three grand finals. Because I think obviously Kieran was Kieran was very upset that um, he had a right for the blue diamond. Yeah. He had to have a right there. And now he's got to keep yeah. a right and, yeah, and, the... and put the sticky tape on her for till next week. And poor poor Blanc de Blanc. Can't wait to see this horse draw a barrier. <laughs> oh, poor thing. She has had just been jinxed all prep. And yep. she's another one. At least she made ground from the outside, as is this oh. horse, that you just got to just yep. stamp for next preparation. August Bloom. Oh. Uh, it was the she's eye all catcher. Quality. Yeah, all quality. Beautiful looking horse. Um, spoke to Paulie Snowden briefly after the race, and he said, I can't wait to put her away and bring her back next preparation. Um, really nice horse. Big future. Uh, she's just out of kindergarten now and she'll yep. go straight to high school for sure. For sure. Yes, the, the final week lead up, they haven't been the, the, the best guide. Duff mentioned Kiyomichi, but before that it was Bint Masque and the last horse to win the Pago Pago to go on and win the slipper was Stratum back in 2005. Is it different this year? Now we've got Shinzo and Steel City so impressive on the final weekend. Um, let's, um, let's go and hear from Kieran Maher about the backup and, and what he thinks of this filly and also Regan Bayless. She had a soft run. She's one well today. It probably wasn't the plan I originally thought to get her into the slipper, but uh, she's won really well today. She's she's really at home here in New South Wales. She's spent a lot of her time here. She's settled back into the routine. The team had done a good job with her. It was just even after the run, you know, it was, it's a big occasion for a two-year-old filly to run in a diamond. So even though it looked like she didn't extend herself, it still takes a fair bit out of them. So really sort of managed her recovery and and uh, got her back up here. It was just about keeping her happy and we didn't really have to do any work with her. It was just about presenting her for today and giving her opportunity. And the team had done a great job. Regan done a good job. And, and um, yeah, the owners, um, uh, Jared Mandenbosco, she runs in his colours. Um, he, he does a good job. Like, he, he, he backs his judgement. You know, she, she wasn't cheap and uh, he's done a good job and, and uh, he's got a t group of guys that have, uh, follow him and um, 
Yeah, they can dare to dream now into a slipper. She's just the ultra professional and she's got a, she's not overly big, but she's just she's got a good motor on her. Blinkers have really sort of switched her on. Didn't get to see that last start, but she was electric today. Um, bounced out well and was always sitting in my hands and exploded when I asked for her. East went on a Blanc to Blanc. She's gone really well again. She's um, just always a hard luck story. Tom Sherry, August Bloom. Yeah, beautiful filly. Um, she's been running really consistent all this prep and uh, she'll be a lovely horse in three to six months' time. Tim Clark, Remedies. She ran well, but she's probably a, a bit of a query at 1200. Reese Jones, Shine Your Light. Yeah, she runs super. Um, bounced out well, had a nice little comfortable run behind leader. Probably raced in a little bit of restricted room down the running, but probably resented it, but she ran well. Ryan Maloney, Untouchable Legend. Uh, look, um, a little bit tricky. She had to do a little bit of work to get outside the leader and was probably just found wanting later. I'd say three-year-old and with a sit, she should, she should, should be a nice horse. Brock Ryan, hellbent on you. Yeah, lovely horse. She's just six months away. Brett Preble, Takiti Sankusa. Lovely filly. She's probably um, come to the end of her prep. She's next next uh, preparation, I reckon. Karen McAvoy, Bianco Nero. Nice filly. She's improved from last uh, from her first run. Next prep. Michael D, Pretty Row. Uh, she just does too much wrong at this stage. Jay Ford, Firelane. I didn't have much luck from the uh, gates, but she gave it up quick. Willie Pike, Camilla. Uh, probably didn't handle the pressure of the day. Godolphin are still going to work out what they're going to run and a couple that failed fire, fire uh, lane from yesterday. Uh, she must be doubtful after not performing. She was qualified. So we'll learn more in the next, uh, well, no, no more in the morning, but Cylinder holding on to favouritism from learning to fly. The great trial from King's Game, but can rid resistance fight back. Still City and Shinzo in play. That Blue Diamond form, Don Corleone was unlucky mm. uh, in that uh, Blue Diamond along... You know, with the other filly as well. So it's, 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 it's there's a lot to come out of this race, and you can go right down the page. Platinum Jubilee is nice and fresh going in the race. She might even get a run for Sile. She might even get a run. And what's this horse going to do at Canberra today? Tis Invincible. It's a bit all too soon for her, though. Uh, yesterday, before those two races, uh, Facile was about 16, uh, but then, of course, two jumped her. But there are a couple probably to come out. So you're right, Duff. She might be on the, that borderline. Um, and McDonald. Now, James McDonald, boys have got a... He's got an appeal on Monday uh, over the severity of the suspension. So he's... And it's not only the Golden Slipper, it's also Animo and the George Ryder. Yeah, I, I went in and had a chat to James yesterday uh, prior to the first and, you know, said, well, what, what's going on? And he, he's upset because of the template, which is put into place. But the template's all year round. And it, it, he doesn't think that it's fair because the template this time of year should be a lot more lenient. Yeah, and I think there was a, a bit of a, I'm only listening to a few of the press boys, they said there was a discrepancy between the level of last week's one compared to this one. It was marked a higher uh, grade than... The, oh, uh, than Zach Lloyd's one. Than Zach Lloyd's okay. one. It didn't, didn't sit right with me. They both sort of just relaxed a little bit and, yeah. and a little bit of horse as well and was pulling up. It was after the line. Yeah, it was after So the look, line. we'll leave that to the appeal panel. I think Nash has got a, a, an inquiry to go to on Monday as well. So that's going to be very important come jockeys on Golden Slipper Day. Yeah. And of course the barrier draw will be live here on Sky Thoroughbred Central. The boys can tell me what time. I think it might be 11 o'clock uh, on Tuesday out there at Rose Hill. Yeah. 11 o'clock uh, Tuesday out there at Rose Hill Gardens. We'll see the uh, barrier draw live here on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Now, V8, he's likely to come up for the sires. So here's another sires horse to uh, to look at in the sires in Melbourne yesterday. He's trying to complete the double. 
Yep, plenty have done it, but not so many in the modern day. But he looked hard to knock him. He's two for two now, yep. and he's uh, been carefully handled, so he's still untapped as far as potential is concerned, where he's never been beaten. So he's by grunt, so he's got a bit of strength about him, and you've got to like the way he went about his work here. So, yeah, he'll add interest if he if he gets here for this size, which is. Uh, yet to take shape what backs up from the slipper and what doesn't back up. There's a few real improvers there uh, that it might just stick their hand up. Well, V8, Cafe Millennium, Godzilla, you'd think they're the, uh, the horses that are, that are going to come through. We don't have to worry about what they do in the slipper. Uh, that's the English size on day one of the championships. Now, as we go to a break, let's go to Darren Beedman with Greg Pritchard. He's got an update on Barber, who's going to have a trial on Monday. The stable will be a major player in the slipper and one of your contenders, Barber, needs a little tune-up in a barrier trial on Monday? Yes, yeah, he, um, he, he worked uh, the, the other morning with um, Zulfa Choir and they've uh, just thought they'd, you know, he's had a pretty pretty arduous campaign um, and he's, he's, he's held it well together so they just took the nice easy option on Monday for him to trial, um, have a burn around here and get a, get a feel for the corners coming up quick at Rose Hill. Uh, it'll be perfect for him. Okay, let's go back to that uh, order of entry. We've got that updated update in the order of entry for the Golden Slipper, and here's how it stands at the moment. So you've got all those exempt horses coming through. Well, Cylinder, he, he's got two exemptions, uh, winning the Todman and also the Silver Slipper. But there's, uh, there's the top. And you get down to, well, a horse like V8 who's in the field after the size win uh, yesterday. But then you've got the situation, Ronnie, where King's Gambit at that stage is just sitting outside the field. But um, he's probably in. Yeah, I'd expect Fire Lane wouldn't run after yesterday. And I think Godolphin have got decisions to make with a few of theirs on that first page as well. And I, I wouldn't, uh, there was no indication that V8 was going to pay up for this, uh, even if he's nominated for the slipper yeah. as well. So I'd say if you're nervous about King's Gambit, you should be right if you're on him. Yes. So that, that, is, that is an update of the horses who are still there, uh, still eligible in that order of entry, but we'll know more on Tuesday morning when the final acceptances are taken. Now, let's go to the Morris McCartan and uh, Cannonball for Peter and Paul Snowden. Wow. Um, this was just airborne. This he was surprised me. He, he surprised me. me. I, he didn't surprise me. I, he surprised me because there wasn't a bean for him. I thought, oh, no, he's not fancied this horse today. But... He was the typical Rose Hill Good Three 1100 metre race where they forget it if you're worse if you're more than three lengths off the speed. Up front, catch me if you can. Well, look at this. You know, he's run 33:05 yeah. in the front. Um, Selwick anchored by the big weight, but chased with him, and the the rest just you know they're only getting their breath the last 30 metres, only because they're running out of breath in yeah. the last 30 metres with the leaders. But it's your typical track and distance race with these sharp types and on a day like yesterday this can happen and sometimes horses can improve out of sight on a different track but yeah. I'm not taking it away from him uh, because he did it and he did run the time and he, he's still a little untapped and Brett seems really wrapped in him yeah. as well. no he was. Let's go to the sky high now. William Haggis has done it again. It's his sixth win in Australia from about nine Unless we, I think we count power 
um, Purple Pay, which makes it 10, but he's won six races in Australia, three with a, D, a Dabe, a couple of Manion Cups, and now a sky high with this horse, protagonist, and there may be better ones back at the quarantine centre. Yeah, who knows? He's just, a, he's just a genius. And, look, I didn't think he could hold a position, and I looked a fast race. I was worried about him losing touch with the field, but straight into the 1-1... He was very good. Zay Rex put two together now. All those horses in the pack behind were all great little Sydney yeah. Cup trials, I say. It was a really, really good race, Ronnie. The more you pick the eyes out of it, the, the better a lot of horses run. Um, even Benno run a nice race. Um, uh, the winner's just, I don't know, there's just something about him. And he's got improvement to come. Yeah. You know, he was ready for that. Hadn't had a run for 150 days or so, and he, he does that to a, a few nice days. I think King Frankel, he was dead set looks for the, looking for further now. He was just off the bridle for too long. And then he was running up their, yeah. their bums there late. Yep. So he was good, and uh, along with a few other Sydney Cup hopefuls there. Isabella Paul came out with the Dave a couple of years ago, and she's back looking after the four Haggis horses at uh, Canterbury. Here she is after the race. He's awesome and, uh, you know, the ground, we weren't sure whether that was going to suit him either, particularly when they've upgraded the track, so, yep. um, no, what a star. You got a great ride from James. Oh yeah, beautiful ride, had him in a lovely position and, and just quick and nicely off the bend and, and kept going. Wonder what's next for him? Is he a Queen Elizabeth horse or have you got that covered? Uh, well, you know, we'll have to wait and see, we'll see how he comes out of this and um, he's got a few different targets, so I'm sure the boss will be having a conversation with Australian Bloodstock and, and take it from there. Yeah, it was good. He's um. He's a nice solid galloper who um, handles himself beautifully. I think he'll improve a, a bit off that as well. He hit the front a fair way from home, just stargazed a bit and just had a good look around. Okay, here's the Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Animo goes to the George Ryder. Now, the other horse that William Haggis has got is Dubai Honour. And he's equal second favourite there, Ronnie. And he's going to do, try and do the Adabe. He's the number one C because he goes to the Ranvet. Uh, next week, and then the Queen Elizabeth. So we might be cooking with something with Dubai Honour, but he's got the run on the board with protagonist. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, uh, these internationals had so much a new variance of the whole races here, these big races, because uh, we, we sort of lined up our own form, and we got our own king. What's going to happen? Um, I tell you what, he will love Animo. He'll love those European horses because they'll inject a lot of speed into the race. Yes, they will. And it'll yeah. Just yeah, mate, set it up for Animo. One thing to point out, I don't know whether you agree, Corey and uh, Ronnie, but Protagonist is now into $18 for the Doncaster. If he could get in there, I'm not sure of his order of entry in that race, but if he's got Dubai honour for the Queen Elizabeth, maybe Protagonist could be a Doncaster horse. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The next move, though, I sort of, I think they were going to, obviously, Australian Bloodstock are mm. involved there and they'll look at all options and they'd be part of the decision making mm. there. Uh, Cepheus now in the Ajax Stakes. Uh, this was for uh, Matt Dunn, and this horse is into the Doncaster, uh, courtesy of this Ajax win, exempt from penalty and ballot. Another one from the front, an unexpected leader here, uh, but the, the writing was on the wall. Matt's always had a big opinion of him, and they were specking for him all week. I just kept looking, he kept firming two points here, two points there, and it was proven correct. Uh, he's a big, gross, heavy, uh, hot sort of a horse. But he was excellent. Probably excuses for Waterford as far as missing the start yeah. and then getting a revenue over racing. Yep. But held at bay late there. And, um, yeah, it was evident here with these leaders holding on with, yep. you know, Caesar's Palace up in class battling away well there. So 
Again, I, I thought Well Wall was a much improved run there, so he might could well be back on track. Uh, let's go to a break with Matt Dunn and Nash Rewilla. I must say I was nervous when Nash decided to roll to the front on him because that's not normally the play. Oh, I don't know where he's normal play. I don't know how far he wants to go either just yet. But um, he's a remarkable horse. He's come back from a long, a long break off an injury. Um, and he, he certainly um, proved today that, uh, that uh, OTI and the owners group's patience has, has paid off. And, and a big thanks to Kira and my team at home for um, so much work's gone into this horse to get him to where he is. And, um, hopefully uh, he can uh, go one better in the Doncaster. I think I rated him pretty good. Um, was it Is that a, what you're told to do? In a, in a muddling ran race, so I thought I'll set my own tempo. But um, look, full credit to Matty Dunn. The whole joint's been through a bit of a shake-up in recent times, and he's, uh, it's great to see him bring a horse back to town today and, and bounce back. He's a great horse from a great trainer, um, and just had this horse perfectly presented for today's race. Okay, Ronnie and Corey, let's wrap up the remainder of the meeting, uh, starting with the first and uh, this powerful win by Lancaster Bomber. Yeah, well, he's been uh, two years off the scene, I think, since he's won a race, but uh, the gear changes uh, worked for him and he, he got the lovely little ride there by Chad coming through and he was, uh, he was too good for him. Uh, so... Estero is ready to win one of these races. He's just uh, got the barrier, beat him again. Yeah, um, Chad Schofield. It was an easy watch one that he just put him in the perfect positioning. Um, three back the fence, just glided out when he wanted to. And uh, good to see Richard Litt. Like he's had a bit of a mixed mixed bag the last you know 12 months or more, but it's good to see him get back on top with that horse. Yeah, he's doing a good job. His horses really look well. Yep. What about old mate here, Mautai, 1,350 <laughs> oh. metres and settled like a lamb there, yeah. the fence and barged out and raced away looking for a mile, I think. Rode him on a piece of cotton. Oh, uh, it's it actually a really good ride by Ryan Maloney to get the horse to settle. Obviously last time out, they you know they give him a bit of a squeeze, he's a fraction slow away, didn't muster and then got running and they took the blinkers off, jumped him up in distance, and everyone was thinking, you know, like, what is she doing with this horse? But um, it worked out perfect. Yeah, real sprint home. I don't think it helped uh, yeah, the second and third Brett place getters there, but all honours with the winner. And this was the ride of the day by a long, long way. There were some good ones, but uh, this was an enormous ride by Dylan Gibbons yep. on Melmania, who would have been one of the favourites other than the perceived bias come the last, but he just railed up, railed up, railed up, and... Uh, and uh, too good for them. And even with the bias, Ronnie, it was surprising to hear, like he obviously drew a little bit sticky, but surprising to hear that they actually chose to ride him back and go back with him or ride him in the, the second half of the field. But it was, was a really good ride by Dylan Gibbons. He's, um, he's going great. Yeah, it worked. That stroke of luck, still got a peak performance left in him as yep. well. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, the provincial midway from yesterday. The championships continue on that circuit. And uh, we'll wrap up with Canamble and the New Haven Park Country Championships qualifier later today. goes up to True Crime inside the 200. Then Sabrenko acquitted and contributing factor. True Crime fighting back on the inside over Geo. Sabrenko coming at the pair. True Crime in front, True Crime. True Crime takes it out over Sabrenko, photo third. Geo Oakfield Prince acquitted. A great effort, Be perfect ride from Tyler. He uh, rated him beautifully. 
had the favourite outside of us, but uh, he fought very well. He's versatile, isn't he? Remember, he won on that bog track in Sydney. He's won on a good track, yes. so he's pretty honest. And, and everyone's sort of thinking he's just a wet tracker, but I knew he, he's not. You know, he's. Yeah. I don't know if he'll run further than 1400, but he only needs to run 1400 yeah, in the final. Right. The first furlong decided his fate, and he got there very comfortably. He quickened nicely, and I remember Kim saying he had a little flat spot when I rode him first up at Canterbury, and. I thought if I could just get him through that today from the six to the four, he'll keep sticking it out and he's very tough, he's game and every time one came to him he just kept finding a little bit more. She ran really well, we had a great trip, Lila just kept kicking, I didn't think I was going to pick it up, then I thought maybe the furlong I might get him, but yeah, just kept kicking, but my horse ran really well. Lock Eagle is the favourite for the championships to be run on April 8, you've got True Crime, uh, the only horse on that first page that has qualified. Here are the remaining dates for the Midway Provincial Championship, sponsored by Polytrack. Gosford coming up on Thursday and followed soon after by Kembla Grange. Uh, now to the market for today here at Canamble. Well, it is the Clint London show, but Brett Robb's going to have something to say with his runners. Listen to the band. There's a great story behind it. He's had awful problems and he's uh, had a, a great career uh, in this brief period with um, Clint London. Boom Boom Basil, Watch Me Rumble, Raging Rush. Amulet Street, who uh, got through to the final from this heat last year and ran third in the country championships final at Royal Randwick. He's back for another crack. So you've got a horse that's run third in a final at $7.50 there. That's the uh, Canamble Heat today. Selections from Mick Wallace. He is going for... I think he's going for Watch Me Rumble. Look at his selections. He is. Watch Me Rumble for Ash Morgan and Clint London. Boom, boom, Basil. Listen to the band and driving force. Clint London, nine runners today. It's an amazing achievement. Uh, matched by Danny Williams. The year he won a heat at Goulburn with Kopi Luwak. Uh, Danny settled up nine that year and he trifected the race. The only other, the only other trainer to trifecta a qualifier was Jenny Graham back when she won it. Uh, with Victorum, she trifected the qualifier at Port Macquarie that year. We've only got two more dates to go after today, and they're the two wild cards. So it's a big weekend. Friday is Goulburn. Saturday, Golden Slipper Day. Sunday, the final wild card at Scone. The winners only from Goulburn and Scone go through. And that is just about it. Ronnie, I waited 10 minutes in the car park for you and you never turned up, so I just had to, I just had to go. I know. It's a I long keep, drive. I just keep missing you. It'll be a walk in the park for you next week to Scone. Yeah. No problems at all. Yeah, like oh, a home game. It's a home game. Home game. <laughs> hey, just, on, just on that final market, I know, you've, I know you're very keen on Testator Silence. Uh, you watched him last week. You watched Akasara up there in Scone. Have you... Have you got a firm opinion at, at, at all? Uh, I think the market's right. Akisawa's an improver. He did enough Testator the other day to be peaking. The timing's perfect for him. Uh, so I, look, without getting too much into the um, the others, I just I like the form lines of Testator, and I think Akisawa's a big improver. Looking forward to Brett Robb taking on Clint Waller there today. It'll be <laughs> a, a real little battle. <laughs> 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 oh, yes, exactly right. Okay, just over there, that's the Johnny London uh, Mounting Yard. It's named after the legend of Canamble, Johnny London. And also the Brian Fletcher Grandstand, just over there in the corner as well. I'll bring you back some souvenirs, Ronnie, yeah, from the beautiful. Brian Fletcher Grandstand. I went there for the opening of that. Thanks, so I'm, Corey. I'm happy to hear it's still standing. <laughs>
Oh, well, that was back in 1954. <laughs> uh, thank you, Corey. Thank you, Rad. See you later. Later. Uh, we'll be back later today with a full coverage of Canamble. And, of course, it's Black Opal here on Sky Thoroughbred Central as well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.